From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of January 2nd, 2012. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Corey Martin, Julie Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this episode, we are going to talk about our experience doing New Year's Eve at Epcot, something I swore I would never do, that you would never catch me dead in a right. theme park on New Year's Eve. And uh, but we never, I'd never done it. Um, gearing up in the next, either next week or the week after, we're going to do this segment on things you've never done or were afraid to do, which a lot of people have been asking me about. And this was one of the things I wanted to do as part of that. And uh, we also wanted to cover it for the site because none of us have ever done it. Really? No one's ever? <laughs> I have, but it's been a very, very, very long Well, I'm just time. saying we've never covered it on the site. Oh, right. It's never been oh, done okay. with video and photos right. and you know all that good stuff. So <clears throat> figured, okay, once in my life, I'll try it. And I was dreading it. I'll be honest with you. I was, I was dreading it. I, I don't really enjoy crowds. I avoid the parks during crowded times. I'm a local, so I can afford to do that. But uh, I figured, okay. And a lot of people had said to me that Epcot on New Year's Eve was just this, you know, big party atmosphere. It was Epcot in a way you've never experienced it before. So I did. I went in with, with an open mind. But what we decided to do is we got a room at the beach club for a couple of nights. And so nice and close and no driving anywhere on that particularly hateful night. Amateur night, as my father used to call it. <laughs> and... Uh, Got uh, you, know, you hear the stories about you know the parks closing for capacity on New Year's Eve. We didn't want to run that risk, so we got into the park at nine o'clock in the morning, and we stayed until midnight. We did not leave the park. What, what did that add up to? Fifteen hours. Fifteen hours. Yeah. Fifteen hours. I don't even want to do fun stuff for fifteen hours. <laughs> <laughs> and well, what what I did was I tried to kind of break it up by doing some different things. So we had uh, planned a behind the seeds tour at the land in the morning. Uh, the only place I could get a sit-down lunch uh, on New Year's Eve, because we kind of planned this like like a week and a half ago. Right. The only place I could get a sit-down lunch uh, was Nine Dragons. Shocker. I know, <laughs> right? The restaurant of last resort. And uh, But I was able to get, this was what shocked me, is I was able to get dinner at Le Cellier. But... What they were doing was a special prefix menu, $100 a person. And that's why it was available a week before New Year's. How many people were in your party? Just us tonight. Yeah. That's, I think, another reason why you're able to do it. A smaller party is easier to fit in than... Big parties. Four or more. Yeah. Right. But still, I think, yeah, I think the, the prefixed, pre-priced stuff kept a lot of people away. Yeah, it did. It did. That was, that was actually resort-wide. Yeah. Um, we went to Citrico's, and after 7.30 at night, they went to the fixed-price menu. That was true at all. I, they're not deluxe restaurants. What do you call Signature. It? Signature mm-hmm. restaurants. And uh, sit-down restaurants, pretty much, went to a fixed-price menu at after 7.30. Oh, I didn't realize What that. did you find at Brown Derby? 
uh, Brown Derby was not available to me, but it was the same thing. What was the one that was very expensive? That you oh, found? California Grill. It was a five hundred dollars a person. Ooh. 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 Oh Their God. food's not that good. And but top, it was that it's that view of the fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> um, our favorite restaurant, Bull and Bear, was a tuxedo event, and Ooh. it was five hundred dollars a couple. So it was very. Uh, we got to Citrico's and it was seventy five dollars a person. I didn't mean to take over your, but no, that was that's a, that's a uh, was a resort wide thing for all of the major restaurants on Disney property. The regular menu up until seven thirty. After if your reservation was for after seven thirty, you got the fixed price menu. Awesome. Well, th- this is so. This is kind of how I decided to break up the day. And now I'm going to be honest. I think. The last time I did 15 hours in a theme park was like 1995. Um, right. Back just, when you were coming here on vacation. Yeah, when I would come here on vacation. I, I, I certainly wouldn't do it. You know, haven't done it since I moved down here. And, uh, you know, just said, I, I went in with a certain attitude. I said, you know, it's going to be crowded. And just accept it and go with it. And whatever happens, happens. I'm not expecting to get on a lot of, a lot of rides. Epcot's the kind of park, though, where you can just walk around yeah. and see things and just kind of be places and kind of have the experience. So You can also just sit in Epcot. Yes. You can find a place to sit and enjoy the crowds. Epcot also absorbs a huge amount of people. It does. It does. And for New Year's Eve, I have to say, they did a superb job of managing those crowds. Was it at capacity? No. I at think no it, point did it close for capacity. Magic Kingdom was. I think Magic there was Kingdom. like 83,000 at one point there. When we were... When we drove up to, we were going to the Grand Floridian, all the way out on Osceola Parkway, back out by um, before Wide World of Sports, like just after uh, the main sign, Gator, not Gatorland, um, op, uh, the hotel Opryland, Gaylord Palms. I'm, you're having trouble talking. I'm having trouble thinking. Um, just before after Gaylord Palms, there were signs letting you know that the Magic Kingdom was closed, but a Hollywood Studios were open. So they were really trying to funnel yeah. you in that yeah. direction. Yep. So, even at 9 o'clock in the morning, Future World was buzzing. Yeah. There was a 60-minute wait for Spaceship Earth. At one point in the morning, there was a 60-minute wait for Journey into Imagination, which I tweeted was a sure sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, there was, going into the land... We saw this picture. There was a line for the stairs. Right. Just the st- the stairs to go down into where Sunshine Seasons is, living with the land, so on. There was a line just to go down the stairs. This is interesting because they must have closed the escalator. They yeah. do. They close the escalator it's too during dangerous. exactly during busy, mm. really busy times because prevent the stampede. You what? You get people pushing and then people fall. It just and you've mm-hmm. got you know you've got literally like teeth and gears. Well, the um, other thing is people don't seem to realize that once you get off the escalator, keep it's your job to now depart. Yeah, <laughs> they stand and they look right, and you know, then you just have that pile up thing. Right, right. So, escalator was closed. Line for the stairs. Um, at eleven o'clock in the morning, Soren was a three-hour wait. Yeah. Um, by the time, and we had gotten a fast pass early in the morning, and we got in a fast pass around nine thirty, and our fast pass was for like four between four thirty and five thirty in the afternoon. Right. When we went back for our fast to do the ride, like about four thirty. Uh, the standby line was four hours. Wow, four four, four hours, and all I could think to myself is what you said earlier. How Epcot? Is, you can walk around Epcot. You can sit in Epcot. You can enjoy Epcot. Why waste four hours 
waiting in line for Soren. Is there any attraction any of no. you would wait no. four hours no. to get no. on? Even when you were coming here on vacation, would you no. spend four hours of your day in line for anything? I'm too no. impatient. Mm-mm. But what we noticed as we were walking through the park was that uh, all these areas that are normally off limits, lawn areas, were set up as fireworks viewing areas wow. with signs saying, you know, this area will open for fireworks viewing at 5 o'clock. There were two showings of Illumination New Year's Eve, one at 6.30, the other at, well, what was supposed to be 11.40, but we'll get to that. And so they had all these extra areas set up, any place with a lawn, basically, they had set up. Uh, trailers brought in as additional bathrooms all over the place. They were opening um, area, backstage areas. Allowing people to go from World Showcase into Future World without, I mean, so they have all this stuff planned out really, really well. Uh, there was an, the area between um, Mexico and, well, they had, right uh, after Mexico, there was an area where they could go, you could go backstage. Between yeah. Norway and China, there was an area where you could go backstage. Uh, to just get, to just to avoid the crowds and be routed to get over to future world. It wasn't yes. like anything was going on back then. No, no, no. strictly a pathway. But even even uh, as you come out of Soren, if you make a right and there's those bathrooms that are there, mm-hmm. there they had those doors open that were leading you out. And where did we come out? It, it led you um, from downstairs at Soren to the back of uh, Journey into Imagination, where those bathrooms are in the back. It's just a little yeah. quick. Uh, walkway back, back there. What did you guys do for breakfast that day? Breakfast we uh, ate um, actually in the in, in the beach club. We just grabbed a quick right. uh, grab and go breakfast uh, in the gift shop at the beach club, and uh, also the uh, RFID readers now are property wide, where there's an RFID chip in everybody's key to the world card, and these readers are now at all retail locations where if you're buying anything under fifty dollars. You just tap your card onto the reader, and it just gets charged, and you get a receipt, and that's the end of it. If it's over $50, you have a PIN, a four-digit PIN that you establish a check-in where you can go ahead and just enter that PIN in. And uh, it actually worked great and was a time saver. I think it's going to make some of the retail lines a little bit faster. You were talking about adding um, trailers with restrooms. We went to the movies the other day. It It was like the 30th. So it wasn't New Year's Eve, but there was a food truck at downtown Disney between the movie theater and Pleasure Island. And I didn't eat there because we were going into the theater. But I talked to the woman and she said that we've been told that whenever they expect to have have it be busy, they're going to bring in food (coughs) trucks just to help... With overflow food needs. Right. Yeah. And this was a lobster Dr. Claus, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So um, They had one for um, Festival of the Masters right in front of Wolfgang, a food truck there. So yeah. it, it feels to me like Disney has woken up and said, listen, we have to do something to manage our crowds and our expectations. And I have to tell you, what they did at Epcot was phenomenal. That's Bathrooms at now, Epcot, when it's crowded, it's always evil. a big thing, mostly for women. Yeah. The women's lines go crazy. Crazy. And I, I heard that night they, you know, Women were in line in the men's, but there there bathrooms. are there are two distinct Epcots going on this particular day. During the day, up until the first illuminations at six thirty, it's just a crowded Epcot. It's not, you know, they have a couple of they have, they have a lot of entertainment going on, obviously, as they would on any busy day, to kind of help draw the crowds in and keep things, you know, keep people occupied and entertained because you can't get on a ride. Uh, but we, I mean, we saw a marching band go through. <laughs> uh, 
That was the coolest thing I think Future I've ever World seen Plaza in my life. by the by the fountains, which it just it was this great marching band just kind of going through and um, stuff like that, little random stuff like that happening. That was really cool. Um, but that's kind of normal for a busy day at Epcot. After Illuminations at six thirty, seven o'clock, the whole place just changed. Um, first of all, the dance parties that were going on. Now you think Disney and dance party like okay lame? No, yeah, you don't think rave? No. <laughs> These were, as I kept saying, this is off the chain. Yeah, Travis is- sent me a video um, of of one of them, and they were actually performing size Gangnam style, and it was incredible. The you had um, right in front of the uh, fountains in Future World. It's massive stage setup, all with DJs. Big lighting apparatus everywhere, lasers, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just dancing. That particular one was playing a lot of a lot of songs that you know Kevin John and I would know from growing up. Um, so it was a lot of the kind of older stuff. What we what we would now have to consider older stuff. Um, over in China, they had this. You know, it was a club basically. It was a, a rave. But they had this huge dragon that was all lit up and would occasionally like breathe smoke hanging from the top of the of, of these this this the lighting rigs, and again with the lights and the lasers and the same thing over at Italy. And I think of all of them, Italy was the best. I thought Italy was just and ridiculous. and Travis agree. Uh, that DJ was was insane and just some great music he was playing and everybody everybody i don't care it was all ages it was all ages mm-hmm. there and the atmosphere in the park at seven o'clock went from a crowded day at epcot to a big party and it all started when they started uh handing out the um the hats and hats the- and noisemakers are free they're they're locations all over the park where you can get them and you start seeing people walking around with the noisemakers and at first it sounds like you know the sound of 10,000 ducks dying. Um, but then you kind of, you know, it's New Year's Eve. And it's, it was kind of annoying at first. <laughs> but that starts. And then it just, it's the whole atmosphere of the park changed. You know, we've been to press events. Right. Just imagine the entire park is one massive press event where they spend more money. The amount of money Epcot spent doing this. You know, we talk about a lot of things about the value of your dollar. This was not a hard ticket event. If you got in the park on your pass, you were in. And this was ridiculous how much entertainment there was. It and felt like a hard ticket event. It know? felt like a hard ticket event. It did. It did. I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. I'm surprised they haven't. Made, I don't want to give them any ideas. <laughs> but and even though the park was packed, the way they had things set up, you could walk. We were able to walk around World Showcase several times without feeling like we were crushed by people. Well, except for that one time, there was a there was a log jam. There was a bottleneck in um, Norway between Mexico and Norway, where it was kind of ugly. But well, that's even always then, though, that. There's, there's always a log jam. But there. this was the other thing, though. Even though, even though things like that would happen, everybody was in a good mood. Nobody, I, I did not come across one obscenely drunk person, nobody obnoxious. Everybody was happy. Everybody was talking to each other. It was, it was just one big party. Yeah. 
And mind you, you know, I don't drink. And I was kind of concerned, you know, being around that much alcohol that I was going to feel uncomfortable, that there was going to be a lot of like obnoxious drunk people and not one ounce of discomfort about that. I mean, you had, you had guys that, you know, were like, woohoo, you know, they were, they were feeling happy, but no despicably drunk people. How were the drink lines? I know, you know, if the drink lines are long, the bathroom lines are long. It depends on where you went. If you were near one of the dance parties, they were very long, but we were, Dustin was able to walk up at at, uh, Japan. Right. And buy a beer. Yeah, it just it depended on what was going on in that area and proximity to bathrooms. Like you said, the bathroom lines were crazy. The drink lines in like Germany and Italy were outrageous. Yeah. But then in between some of those other countries where there's not as much going on, it, it wasn't that bad. Japan, Morocco, able to get a drink pretty easily. Well, we our, our dinner reservations at Le Cellier were 7.20, I think it was. And so, you know, the crowds in the park at that point were still really heavy. And we went in to have dinner, figuring when we came out, which was about 8.30, yeah. quarter to nine, that the park, it would just be mad, a madhouse. A lot of people left the park after the 6.30 illuminations, which I was surprised. I didn't think that would be the case. I thought that, you know, you, everybody would, you know, most people would stay and it would just kind of get worse. And once those dance parties started up and they started drawing crowds to Future World and over to Italy and China, and there was something going on behind uh, the UK back where that, that group plays. Mm. Uh, but when we were there, there was, they were, they were playing house of the rising sun, <laughs> which I'm like, okay, now I want to kill myself. Um, yeah, there was no actual DJ. There was back no there. DJ or band. They were just like playing and they had the lights going. I'm like, how really? It's either that or the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, that's really. The only thing you know, reply when you walk through England. Well, that, but that's a Canada song, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, well, you know what I mean. You go through those. Um, and House of the Rising Sun is New Orleans, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if they were actually doing something special back there. We went to check it out because we saw the lights, and you know, it was kind of it was like almost like a funeral. <laughs> You're talking about them being prepared. We didn't go into a park, but as we were leaving Disney property, there was a a police presence at every major intersection, and they had cones set up so that as you were leaving, you were being funneled out of Disney property by the Orange County Police Department. Yeah, that's incredibly smart. It was... We it didn't really affect us because we went the way they wanted us to go anyway. We left pretty early. We well, yeah, we were like eleven. No, it was like eleven eleven fifteen when we left. But it was you're right, ten thirty. We got home at eleven fifteen. This is really interesting for the show, I'm sure. <laughs> but there was all sorts of um, there was all sorts of presence there to funnel people out of the park in the most it was the very, fastest way possible. It was thought through very well. And, and speaking of that. Um, uh, you talk about police presence. Uh, when we were at Soren, the fast pass, entr- the fast pass entrance, and the fast pass machines had a security guard mm-hmm. there. I guess in case anything happened, there was any uh, fast pass fights. <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, I, I'll tell you, generally speaking, the way they ma- it just it was so brilliantly done, so professionally done. The way they managed everything. That, you know, I always just, and I know a lot of people think this, and I think the one thing I want to get across in this is that if you're sitting there saying, I can't handle the crowds, I would never go into the park on a day like that, seriously think twice about that. That might, I would say that was very different for the Magic Kingdom. I think the Magic Kingdom is different because I think the Magic Kingdom, you are packed. I'm talking about Epcot. Right. 
because um, ma- it does absorb its, its crowd so well. And the Magic Kingdom has a couple of places where things just completely bog down. Yeah. I think of that space near um, Small World into like Liberty oh. Square. Yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy on a, just a regular day. Yeah. So how was your lunch? The- well, lunch at Nine Dragons was actually okay. Yeah. yeah was okay. I find Nine Dragons, if you order right, it's an okay meal. Right. I, I, got, the, um, I got the pepper steak. Um, got the got the uh, the vegetable spring rolls that their sweet and sour sauce. I'm not kidding. Was watered down ketchup. Ooh, they it ran was, out. They must have run out of sweet and sour sauce because it was watered down ketchup. Um, and you know, now here's the thing. I got I got people got angry at me on Facebook because again, I have never stepped foot in a theme park on a holiday. I didn't know there were blackouts for Tables in Wonderland. On New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. I didn't know that. So I, I you know, when I, I tried to use my tables in Wonderland card, he's like, we don't take it on New Year's Eve. Right. You know, I, I, I posted on Facebook, you know, uh, uh, Nine Dragons is not accepting uh, uh, tables in Wonderland because it's New Year's Eve, further cementing their place as the worst restaurant in Epcot. And some tool posted, oh, Pete doesn't, uh, Pete doesn't follow the rules. He just rants about them. I'm like, you're an idiot. Um, so if you're listening, you're an idiot. Uh, we had forgotten, too. We actually gave our way. It wasn't something I ever knew because, again, I have never used it on a holiday. And the fact of the matter is that the only restaurant available a week ago on New Year's Eve for lunch was Nine Dragons. It's the worst restaurant at Epcot. Now, the reason somebody else posted, well, you hate it so much. Why did you go there? Because I knew I was going to be in the park for 15 hours, and I wanted to sit down and eat. Right. You didn't want to take the chance that you weren't going to get it. I don't want to eat on top of a garbage can. Which a lot of people did. A lot of people. Oh, my God. What we were seeing, these poor people trying to maneuver the crowds Mm. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, carrying trays of food for their family. Um, I wanted to avoid that if I could. So... That's why I ate at Nine Dragons. It's a restaurant of last resort. Um, I'm not saying the food is inedible. It's not inedible. It's just not very good, and it's incredibly overpriced for what it is. But it's New Year's Eve. It's something you could get in a strip mall any place in Orlando. But it was was (laughs) air-conditioned. <laughs> and I could sit. Right. That's a priority. (laughs) Food is infinitely more better. Exactly. And now for Le Cellier... You know, I, I I know some people will disagree with this, but I know it gets it gets wrapped on as being overrated. Uh, I've eaten there a few times this year, and every time it has been perfect. The food has been perfect. The service perfect. This was a delicious meal. Uh, you had a choice between a, a romaine salad and uh, the cheddar cheese soup. Nice big portion of the cheddar cheese soup too. Uh, you had uh, filet mignon, a New York strip. Oh. They had a chicken and a fish as well. Well, they had a, no. They had a, a, a fish dish, and I don't have the menu with me. Um, they had a fish dish, and they also had a uh, uh, a ravioli. Right. And then you have a choice of two desserts. You had the maple creme brulee, and you had a chocolate lava cake. Was there was it soup and salad or soup or salad? Soup or salad. Okay. Yeah, choice of soup or salad, entree, dessert. Whoa. I think for hundred bucks wow. for hundred dollars. No, but yeah. but you are seated. Everybody's pretty much seated at the same time. Um, so you know, it's just you know, there's two seatings, right? 
And from what I understand, the second seating actually was cost more, but also got special viewing for illuminations. Right. Uh, which I didn't know about. Wasn't available when I tried to book, and I'm imagining that sold out right away. Um, but I'll tell you, we had a magnificent dinner. And then at the end of dinner, our server, sweet girl, comes up to us with a bag and says, you know, this is a gift from us. Thank you very much for joining us tonight inside. Two beautiful, real champagne glasses engraved with Le Cellier New Year's Eve 2012. Right. Oh, that's wow. cool. Um, which I thought was a beautiful touch. Um, and the manager going around to every table, talking to everybody, thanking them for being... It just was really nice. It was just a beautiful, beautiful dinner on New Year's Eve. Okay. And... You know, I and you, and then you, having done that, you know, having had our breakfast before we went in, I think we grabbed a snack somewhere along the line. But then we yeah. had lunch at one o'clock. We had dinner around seven thirty. Really spaced it out nice. It did. Got to do the behind the seeds tour. We got a, a fast pass for Soren, which we did around four o'clock. We had gotten on to Living with the Land early. <laughs> uh, when we got our fast pass for Soren at nine thirty, we hopped on Living with the Land. Um, we were lucky we went on living in the land when we did because it was 20 minutes for us. By the time we were done, they had the the line. Once you got down the stairs, once you got past that line, you had to like wrap around the entire restaurant. Yeah. Of uh, for you living know, with the land for living with the land. And then we also managed. We got a fast pass for Maelstrom, mm-hmm. which I hadn't been on in a hundred years, and it'll probably be another hundred years before I do it again. <laughs> because okay, why did I do that? But. <clears throat> So, you know, we did do a few rides, and we probably could have done more. But, you know, we walked around, we shopped, we sat, we had coffee, beer. Yeah. Uh, okay, this is our typical day at Epcot. It's just, <laughs> it's just, just what kind we of, do, yeah. You know, and like I said, you know, and then once, once 7 o'clock hit, first of all, you know, you get to see Illuminations twice if you stay in the whole day. That in and of itself is a treat. Um, because the first Illuminations has the holiday, the holiday uh, ending, which is fantastic, beautiful. Yeah. Then, at what was supposed to be eleven forty, the show you know, Illuminations runs for fifteen minutes. Then there would be a five-minute uh, thing about each of the di- you know when each of the different lands in World Showcase celebrated New Year's, and then fireworks would go off behind each of those lands, and then at the final, I think, 10 seconds, they do the countdown to New Year's Eve. The problem is, for some reason, they did not start Illuminations until 11.45. And I don't, know, I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is because we saw the security boat constantly going around the lagoon. And they kept playing the security announcement about, you know, please don't climb over oh, the railings. Yeah. I think a couple of people jumped the railings and yeah. were trying to sit down by the water. And of course, if there's anybody anywhere near that lagoon where they shouldn't be, they are not going to set off those fireworks, which they shouldn't. It's a safety thing. So at the point that Illuminations ended, we could see Hollywood Studios fireworks for New Year's already going off. And then, you know, people in the crowd were starting to cheer and Happy New Year and stuff. And then we still hadn't done our countdown. Uh, right, the timing was off. Um, so the timing yeah. was off by five minutes. It was actually five minutes past when we actually got to see the, uh, the 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 New Year's Eve fireworks. I don't think it didn't seem like anybody was bothered by it, though. No, you know, yeah. and that was the whole thing. That the number of people we talked to 
just got into random conversation, which yeah. I never do. I never do. The number of people we talked to that, that day, that night, that just randomly were, you know, waiting in line for this or sitting here and everybody, it just every, it was a different park. Somebody, somebody had said that to me on Facebook that it's a different Epcot. It and is. it is, it absolutely is. If you can go into it knowing that, knowing that it's going to be busy and just manage your expectations going and say, I'm just going to go be there to have fun. So all these families and all these groups together, just having a good time with each other. If you can go in with that attitude, it is an amazing experience. If you're going in there trying to do theme park touring on New Year's Eve, if it's all about running from ride to ride, you're going to wait in a lot of lines. You're going to be miserable. A little bit of planning, a little bit of patience, manage your expectations. It's an experience. I will absolutely do that again next year. I will absolutely do that again next year. And I never thought I would say that. I really thought I'm going to do this once. And the way we, I'm sorry, the way we planned it out, I'm not going to say we weren't exhausted by the end of the night, but I didn't feel like I'd been in a theme park for 15 hours either. I made the mistake. Well, not the mistake. I knew I was going to do it, but I had a, a backpack. Right. We all had our, camera, our camera equipment. And, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe we should have had a locker just to have a place to go back to here and there. That was the other thing. Lockers in Future World were sold out by 10 o'clock. And there was a line wrapped around. And there was a huge line. Yeah. So you should have done it. has got a stroller. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't want to leave my camera equipment in a stroller. Well, you wouldn't you, when, you, when you were going to be away from the stroller. Oh. Or oh, a wheelchair. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, put it in the stroller and right. oh, okay. cart it around like a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we got a ton of great pictures and video that we're going to be getting up in the next couple of days. And uh, we'll post links to that on the site as well, podcast.wdwinfo.com. It was a great time. I really, really recommend. Uh, give it a shot. Give it a shot. You won't regret it. If you're older and lazier, like us, <laughs> and don't want to start at 9 a.m., we had a reservation for Citrico's. Uh, it was, we made it about a month and a half in advance. They put out a Happy New Year menu. And it, there wasn't a seating per se. You could you could make a reservation mm-hmm. for any time. The dinner was seventy five dollars. We got an appetizer trio, which was three different uh, sampling of three different appetizers. You got a salad, and then you chose your entree. Everything was fixed except the entree, and there were seven choices. Your dessert was nice. two. There was uh, and then your your dessert was included too. Pan seared grouper. Uh, chicken breast, lamb chop, uh, filet mignon, uh, short ribs, seared tofu, and braised veal shank. And then your dessert was fixed also. You got a lemon cheesecake and a chocolate mousse thing. $75. We thought this was actually reasonable. Yeah, because if you added yeah, this is. up. For yeah. Citrico's in particular, it's not hard to spend $75 a plate for dinner. We had We were very, very laid back, very mellow. We were not in any hurry. We had just gotten off the cruise ship. The day before, so we were relaxed. If we had been typical sort of tourists, I could have seen where someone might have gone a little crazy. Our our server at one point, someone came over and said, "We're looking for him." Our servers disappeared. <laughs> we don't know where your server is. We're looking for him. Um, we ordered our entrees, and then our entrees got delivered, but they were completely different. I mean, nobody even got one right. And they set the food down and they said, enjoy your meal. And we said, well, these aren't our meals. And the lady says to us, yes, they are. It's for this table. I said, well, no, they're not. They're just not ours. None of them. They're, none of them are right. It's not like they're in the wrong spot. <laughs> like, 
I got the short ribs, and John and Matt each got the veal shank. John had fish, Matt had steak, and I had chicken. <laughs> she says, all right, well, I'm going to tell you the truth. We don't know where your order is or what happened to it. <laughs> We're just going to guess. So she said, <laughs> what did you order? <laughs> yeah, like she she looks like a fish She guy. basically said, we guessed. <laughs> and I said, every once in a while, I'll do something like, if I can't decide what I'm going to have, I'll say to the waiter, I would like one of these two things. Surprise oh. me. So I like being surprised when they bring me my dinner. It's just a silly thing I do, and I want to see it's what cute, they actually. think is the best. If you've picked one, it's because you think it's the better dish. And I'm always I'm willing to try that. That's really but cool. I, give, I never thought of doing that. I give them a parameter. I mean, like, I don't want the seared tofu under any condition. <laughs> so I said, the lady said to me, well, what did you have? And I said, I told the, the waiter, the AWOL waiter. She says, here's the deal. I said, what's that? She goes, do you want to eat now? I said, yeah, she goes, take the short ribs. They're ready. So they went back, and like a couple minutes later, our food came. So at the end of the meal, we said, do you take tables in Wonderland? Oh, yeah. Sure, no problem. So we had found our waiter. He disappeared. He came back a couple two minutes later and says, no, we don't. <laughs> so even he didn't know. Even he didn't know. But it was, it was all fine. It was all good. He yeah. was a nice guy. He just, they just messed up. But it he, was, yeah, he went missing. We can't find your waiter, and we don't know what you ordered. And we just sort of brought you anything. <laughs> That's funny. Like, Do you like this? No, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> now, the gingerbread house was still up at, uh, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Well, everything was still decorated. The orchestra didn't take a break. They played all night. There was a dance floor set up. There was a dance floor set up. And I actually tweeted a picture. They had balloon drop. They had an old 1950s with Guy Lombardo at the Waldorf balloon drop with nets over. Wow. In the grand oh, how cool. So it was a very elegant evening. The lobby, the picture doesn't do it justice. The lobby was packed. Uh, all Did you re- and John dance, dance at Tarantello? No, we ran to our car and got out as fast as we could. Well, John did, and did Matt and I stay? went to the Hess station. No, we went to the Hess station and we got the the um, freestyle Coke. You can get raspberry Coke now. That raspberry Diet Coke. That was our big New Year's Eve. <laughs> we were home in time to watch the midnight happen. But it was very nice. And if you weren't having dinner, it was free. Yeah. Wow. Now they do have all of the resorts had holiday setups. You either had to have a reservation or a room to park in the lot, even in, including uh, valet parking. You had to have provide. We had to provide our last name and a reservation number to get into the parking lot. I can okay. imagine for sure. But we thought it was great. A very nice evening. Great meal. We had it had some snags, but nothing that you know was devastating. And we didn't really have any place to go, so this was our evening out. It was awesome. I think we should do like, you know, massive coverage of New Year's Eve next year, like send people all over the place. If you're going to do that, I would start making reservations at the 180 day, the 180 day mark. Uh, This was, you talk about the reservation of last resort. Of the places on my list, this was the only one available. Mm Mm-hmm. I had Narcissus, I had California Grill, I had Brown Derby, I had Jico. Any of those places would have been acceptable as a way to spend New Year's Eve. This was the only one available New Year's Eve. I actually think you should do now every holiday and compare them. You should do July 4th, you should do Christmas. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because July 4th has a different component. July 4th is hot. Yeah, July 4th is like sweat box hot. Compare them. No. No. So we thought this was a nice option if you didn't want to be in a theme park. That was. That was great. 
All right. Well, that will do it for this segment. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, folks. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. <laughs>